Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, soul, gospel, even country. But the primary reason for Turn It Up is to feature and help independent artists that take it to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks, to help your track stand out like the pros and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So let's stop playing. Get your demos together and get ready to turn it up. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Hope you like you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. 
Giving up, they gotta laugh. Yo, I got it in me to finish this track meet, but I still find myself carrying heat. That's not where it's at, man. The game is not that sweet. I don't see no competition, no way that they could compete. Sacrifice in time, secret paradise, enjoy the NWO, New World Order, is composed of a group of professional, seasoned, live, and session musicians and vocalists. Their resume includes work behind acts like smooth jazz artist Peter White, Ronnie Laws, Wilton Felder of the Crusaders, Walter Beasley, R&B acts such as Harold Melvin's Blue Notes, Patti LaBelle, Shante Moore, Jerry Butler, Ben E. King, The Intruders, Lloyd Price, The Soft Tones, Peaches and Herb, E.U., and the godfather of go-go, Mr. Chuck Brown, just to name a few. The band uses all of this musical expertise to bring the audience a musical experience to remember. Its core members are Milton Smith, drums and vocals, Tony Cothran, guitar, Sean Allen, vocals, David Dyson, bass, Ariel Francis, keys and vocals, Kevin Prince, percussion and vocals, and Lenny Harris, sax and vocals. Lenny Harris, welcome to Turn it up. Hey, welcome. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's good to be on, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have you on, and I'm happy we could get you on so quickly, man. 
Me too. I didn't think that would happen so quick. You know, I didn't think it would happen <laughs> this fast anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, we were shooting before this next opportunity for people to see you live, man. And we're going to talk about that as well as some other things. But, you know, it's rare that I get to run into a guy who's so seasoned, who's been in the business for a while. And just reading the information, man, I learned something else about you because of the fact that you're a sessions musician. I had one other sessions musician on uh, my show, and uh, I was just intrigued with her. So tell us a little bit about that, too, because a lot of folks don't understand just how well-versed a sessions musician is. Well, for the session, um, session musician, basically, you know, there's a producer there on site, and you have to be willing to basically play whatever they want you to play um, with a certain precision. So and there's uh, sometimes, like I did a session yesterday for the the uh, the coasters have a new record coming out, and I went in and did two tracks for them yesterday. And it was as simple as they had some lines that they wanted me to play, so it wasn't like I was going to be able to ad lib or anything. I just gave them what they wanted, and they paid me, and I went home. <laughs> you know, so a lot of times <laughs> session players, it's, it's easy. I mean, it's um, it's a difference from playing live, but uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to uh, been able to play with a bunch of session players who actually take also have the live chops too, which is different. You know, if that's a best blessing for me. Right, right. And now you guys are some of the best in the business because you have to be. I mean, you're called into a studio with no rehearsals or anything, and you're just asked to perform. Yes. Well, that's and that, kind of session work kind of works like that, yeah. Exactly. And, and this is what I'm trying to get people to see. For you, that's run of the mill. But, you know, mm-hmm. for folks who work their way up to recording in the studio, you see what I'm saying? They practice right. and then they get in the studio. But you walk into a studio and do what has to be done, and it's on the record. Yeah, if it, if it, yeah, hopefully it goes on the record. But yeah, well, I've been pretty blessed most <laughs> of the keepers. <laughs> right, right, right. So tell us about some of the um, the artists that we, we would know that you've worked with. I mentioned some of them um, in the intro. Yeah, I mean, I started playing when I was really young. Um, so I was I was able to play with uh, I did I, I did some work not not with her but I was my early years when I was like in the teenage years I remember performing on the stage with acts like Tina Turner and um, let's see we did Shy Lights and I was just I was like in the teenager and then as I got you know into professional mode um, I've been able to play with like I said you know Lloyd Price Benny King. Um, so I did some of the old RV guys um, that, that made like Knock On Wood. I played with them, um, and I had the fortune to play with. I did Al Johnson, who was a local producer, produced a lot of records here out of the DC area, and, and he was um, also tied to the Philly sound. I learned a lot from him, you know, in the studio mm-hmm. and about live performance. So I mean, then I've done Heat Wave, Harold Melvin's Blue Notes. I mean, just. I can't remember all of them, but, you know, we did Shanti Moore yeah. when she was here. So I don't remember. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, Peaches and Herb, I mean, and Chuck Brown. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I that's did a Peaches different. Peaches and Herb for a little while. I, I did horns. So I was in that horn section. Um, also had fortunate, you know, my, my friend Brian, who plays with Chuck, he was playing with Chuck at the time. He had to took a little absence for a minute, so I got a chance to actually play with Chuck for a good a good, a good, good period of time. You know, it was, I learned a lot about Go-Go. Because the way Chuck played it, it, he played it the right way. I mean, he laid it in there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, we, um, we we always like to learn a little bit about 
jazz is different than most music because jazz has a lot of different elements that are going on at the same time. There's a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. Certain things right. mean something. I mean, if if a, a musician just turns to another musician, it means something. You know what I mean? So there's all this language yes. and dialogue, and then there are all these different parts of jazz as well. So, right. you know, help people to understand that from a, a layman's point of view, how to understand. I mean, you're going to enjoy the music anyway, but what's actually transpiring in, in jazz and in straight up jazz? Well, straight ahead, it's, it's intellectual, number one. So, you know, from a musician's mm -hmm. standpoint, you know, you either go the classical route or you go the jazz route because that's going to, mm -hmm. those, those are going to take you to your highest levels of performance. So, you know, the, the early parts of it, um, when you're doing the, the rudimental stuff, you know, it's very similar to the classical as well as the jazz. And then the jazz just, it's, it's, so it's a higher, it's a, what I call it, it's like, it's like being able to speak a, like another language. So if you understood German, French, you know, Spanish, and that's when you start to go into the, the, um, the jazz forms. I mean, they're, so they're like, it's like speaking another language, you know. Um, that's how I kind of explain it. Um, right. In terms of, uh, you know, Explain the progression too, and how it how it moves, and then you know because there's a part where you know I have my own terms for some of these things, and you may know right. what I'm talking about, or it just mm -hmm. may be what I'm thinking. But you know there there's there's a part where um, the the sound is laid out, everyone understands the pieces, and then you guys start to improvise, and then there's a solo period after that. So, yeah, so, well, the form, a lot of times, you know, what, what they'll call ABA, you know, you hear somebody call it the head and then the bridge. Well, with, with, with jazz, typically you're going to have an A form, and then it goes to a, a B, which would be the change. And then sometimes there's a C change, and then it goes back to A, you know. Um, the, the, the chord progressions, are they vary, you know, but typically everything always resolves back to to call one or the, the home, like if it's in the key of C, you're playing in the key of C, but you may start on, you know, the fifth or the fourth, but it's all going to go back to the one. So musicians, they recognize the formula that the jazz is set up on. So that mm. enables you to to play through it using, you know, angles and various um, other musical formulas to allow you to improvise and not have to say the same thing or sound the same all the time. Right, right. And um, the music isn't really played the same way each time, is it? Well, a lot of times it's not. A lot of times the root of it will be the same. Like the chord structures may be the same. Sure. The formula is the same, but they may approach it from a different angle. Like the people that I work with, they they call it, you know, I mean, we're just going to take it from another angle. So you may mm -hmm. be looking at, you know, a, a C7 chord, but in the C7 chord, there's three or four other notes that you could start from and then go to, you know, evolve back to the C. So, so that's, yeah, it, you're right. It, 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 the more you know about the form, the, the more ver the more versatile you could be with playing through it or over the changes. Yes. Yeah, and I think too, the more you're familiar with the form as you state, even as someone who is enjoying the music, you become a part of the process. You you feel it. You know what's coming. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, there's yes. this part of the music. I don't know what else to call it, but it's like, are you still with me? You know, you've gone to someplace yeah. different, and then you remind yeah. people of the bass. Then you. Once the, you know they got it, you go back into something totally different where you really improvise that thing. It makes people, you know, kind of just go crazy. Well, you know, the thing about the beauty of, of, of jazz is it has a certain amount of freedom to it, you know. Mm -hmm. So 
with that when the musicians are what we call locked in, everybody's dialed in, then mm-hmm. it can it can you, you know it can move, it can go to the left or to the right, it can slow down, it can speed up, you know, you can make it quieter, you can make it louder, you, you, you can you can let it have what I call music. I think the thing that I explain about music, at least from my explanation, is that you know it's the sound of emotion, so it's how you feel yeah. the sound, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you know it's it's interesting too. I always like to watch the person that I know who is the lead of the band because mm-hmm. they're not only they're not only directing the band, you know, right. and and moving through the different portions of the music. They're actually they're, they're feeling the audience. They're getting the vibe from the audience, you know, because yes. Uh, you know, some jazz m- musicians, I don't care how accomplished you are, if you play over the head of your audience, they're not going to get it. So, yeah, man, a real you know, close friend of mine, a uh, mentor friend of mine named Donald Myrick, who was with the Phoenix Horns, you know, early on when I was still developing, and I'm still developing as a horn player, but Don always told me, he said, remember that you have to play to the audience. So if you're in a, if you're in a German audience, you start speaking Japanese, looking at it from a musical standpoint, we just know that they don't know what you're saying. Right. So you always have to pull it back. So you're exactly right. You know, you have to play to the audience. Yeah. And and I think that's a big part of the success, too. It's not just how, you know, how well you play your music and how, you know, artistic you are and how well developed you are as a musician. It's more of when you get into a room, you know, the difference between the audience and just being in a session in the studio, you know, Mm -hmm. and what you can do. Yeah, and what people can really handle. You know, something something happened at the event that we were at where you were playing, where I met you. And um, oh, no. I sort of watched. You probably don't even want to talk about this, but I'm going to say something. Okay, <laughs> you go know, ahead, man. Bust us out. Oh, well, I'm just saying, this, this is what I saw happen. I mean, I may be wrong. I may be misinterpreting. But you guys got a request. <laughs> you know, but the guy who... who requested i guess i think he requested hotel california is that what happened yeah exactly yeah yeah we were like what (laughs) but this is the thing you know that thing progressed and it was pretty amazing to me because in the beginning you guys laid it out all right everybody listened and it became familiar to everybody and it was almost as if guys are thinking about yeah okay now i'm gonna do this and it's almost as if they laid the whole thing out because when you guys got to the bridge on this man, it was awesome. I mean, you were oh, killing. I mean, I'm you guys. So <laughs> I was sitting there. I had a smile on my face so big, man. I was just like, you know, I just hope nobody takes a picture of me now because I look like the Joker. But um, I, I think you guys did a really, really good job with that. And uh, I know. Well, it was, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was impressed. And um Yeah, I mean, you know, uh you know, being a fan of music in general, I mean, that's a great song. You know, like some of the stuff that the Beatles did, they're just great songs. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you're familiar with the song even though you may not have had a lot of time playing it through your instrument, but just in your mind, you pretty much know where it goes. So the guitar player, Tony Cosman, he plays that song, so he kind of knew where to take us, so we were exactly. following his lead. Right. 
And then after after the rhythm section, after you know we were able to get it all like okay, so it's going you know that form thing is going from A. We know what A is, we know what B is, we know what C is, we know it's going to go back to A from C. So we we were able to you know to to develop it and play it our way after we we figured out what was happening with it. Yeah. Right, right. And, and then you guys yeah. went ahead and once you had a handle on it, just killed it. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> tried. We tried hard. Oh man. Yeah, no, no, that was tight, man. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I was telling folks about it, but uh, I I couldn't really replicate that in just telling the story. You know, you kind of had to be there, that kind of thing. But, yeah, it was one uh, of those, it was one of those moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit too about um, the, being the lead in a jazz band, and too, and how you communicate with the guys while you're still playing because. There is so much communication going on. There is communication with the volume of a phrase. There's communications when you turn towards someone else. You may dip to tell somebody something or to tell the band something or back up. I mean, there's so many different things going on. I want to know. I want to know it all. <laughs> well, you know, the body motion thing, I mean, it's just like, you know, playing music is like playing sports. Like, you know, you got a team of guys, you know, basketball, football, baseball, or sports. So you can compare it to that with in terms of once you play with a certain group of people over time, you sort of know the little idiosyncrasies that they have. So, right. you know, you, you'll you know that, 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 you know, the drummer will give you a giddy up to that, to that, to that, to that, to that. When, he, when he's getting ready to do something, he's like, oh, he's getting ready to make a move. So you listen for right. it. You know? Right. Um, you know, you know, the guitar player might step down on the wah wah. Wow. And give you one of those. You know, so he's like, oh, man, he's getting ready to do something. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really being familiar with the individuals that you have to play with. And in, in my case, um, like right now, I'm at a rehearsal for a show at Blue Valley on Monday with a gentleman named Michael Muse. And the band leader is a gentleman by the name of Keith Busey. So he's down, you know, he's running the band. You know, he's running the rehearsal. So we follow his lead. And if mm-hmm. I'm leading the band, they, I got little things I do, they follow me. So it's the, the one thing I can say about good leaders is they're probably the best followers. Right. You know, and like the band that you saw on at that event you came to, that was a whole band full of band leaders. We're all band leaders. Wow. The player leads the band, the drummer has his own band, the guitar player has a band, the bass player has a band, I have a band. So we're all band leaders, you know. Mm. So it, it just makes a difference. So it just, it's sort of, you know, it's just it's just a sweet spot to be in because everybody's, you know, you leave your ego at the door, you came to make some music, and that's what's up, you know. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something else you see, too, how well you guys work together. And, you know, you you enjoy the art, in its process too um and you know that it's going to be something that you probably won't do the same way again or hear it the same way again and and it's like you guys cherish that moment as well um i I know that every time i hear um a jazz band perform um i'm really impressed with just how many different uh things that i can hear that's a little different than maybe what i heard on the album and um, mm-hmm. just how it yeah. moves and how it flows. Yeah. And it, it's almost as if it's custom made for that night, for that audience, for that event. Yeah, with jazz guys, um, jazz musicians in particular, um, you know, they have this real keen sense of where everything happens to be. Like, you know, like, you know your your bass player may be a little 
for some reason, you know, he's feeling everything, you know, a little bit behind the beat or whatever. So instead of the drummer pushing him, you just get behind him and you just go with it. And then it's a feel. So what the audience is getting, it's sort of like how you feeling about those notes that your instrument can provide. You know, it's that. Mm. That's how I interpret what you just said. But that is, that's a true thing, especially with jazz musicians. They, they really can just light stuff up and, you know, just. And, and it, it, it also goes for, I mean, I've seen that with classical players. I've also seen that with um, with rock with rock players, too, because it's high energy. And a lot of them, they have the same technical stuff. They just, you know, they're saying it with a different voice, you know. Exactly, exactly. Right. Now, when you came up, I mean, you've been an accomplished musician for quite some time. Um, when did you find out that you were really good? I, I don't. I never did find that out. I'm still working at it. <laughs> Come on, you know I, I played <laughs> high school band for like five years and marching band for two years as well. You know I I know how difficult music is, and you know there are always people that they just seem to have it. Um, mm. honestly, you know they were born with something else that the others didn't have. And um, so, you know, you had to stand out at some point. I mean, how? Well, I guess, I mean, I started hearing stuff when I was probably around maybe three or four. I mean, I remember, you know, watching certain things and understanding that, oh, I I hear that. You you know what I mean? I didn't have an Mm -hmm. instrument yet, but I could hear it. Mm -hmm. And um, I was around first grade, I guess. I started, you know, tinkering with you, how they give you in the band, playing instruments, so I've always been around it, you know, a, a little bit, you know, just trying to, uh, so I guess, but I was pretty, I think I would say somewhere between nine and 13 is when I started really to develop, like, as a musician, like, to try to really figure something out, you know, to actually mm-hmm. take a piece, a record, and then try to learn what I, what I was hearing on the record, try to take my instrument and, 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 du- and, uh, and duplicate that. You know, so, and was it always sax for you? No, I actually started off on drums. And then I went hmm. to trumpet, and then I went to saxophone. So the sax was the last thing that I actually attempted, and it was a better fit for the way I was designed as a human being. <laughs> you know, I had a hard time <laughs> with the trumpet, and the drums didn't have any melody, so I was like, man, this is not happening. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a different feel. I, I would mm-hmm. look at the music for drums, and I'd be like, man, no, I, there's too much going on here. I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, complicated. But um, we want to uh, go into one of your tracks, and um, is it is it Anastasis? <laughs> oh, and, oh, Anastasia. Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's, oh, it's, it's Anastas- a Greek term. Yeah, okay. it's a Greek term, and it's it, you know it's you know I I try to just say you know I do some biblical stuff. I do my research, and that was just a mm-hmm. word that they used back then for the resurrection. And oh, so man. one of my friends actually composed that. He's passed on now, a gentleman by the name of Paul Miner was a producer. And mm-hmm. he gave us, like, a, a computerized version of that song. So we took the computer stuff, you know, the synthesized stuff, and we turned it into, you know, what you have there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone's just waiting to hear something. So here we are with Anastasis. Yeah. Resurrection.
Nice, nice. Who was the trumpet player on this? That's um, that's one of the, that's Tommy Williams or Tom Williams. He's probably one of the best trumpet players in a world class level. Tommy ranks with you know the Wynton Marcellus of the world and those kind of people. Mm. He's a monster. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, we're like forty minutes into the show, so I want to make sure we get everything in. So, um, okay. we're gonna play um, "Slipping Away" next, but. Um, tell us a little bit about this track as well. Well, um, that track was, when we did the album, we basically, I followed a format that I learned from some of the people that happened to be around over the years. So you try to go out and you try to find songwriters that have music that can relate to stuff that you think that your individuals in the band can can play. So that mm-hmm. was written by um, a local writer. I don't remember her name right now, but it was written by a local writer. And um, it. Uh, so we took the song. It came in as a, a demo, like you know, it was demoed up. So it sounds somewhat like you hear it in terms of the form and all. And we just took our. We that, that's just our version of somebody's thoughts about music. That's what it is. Mm, okay. Awesome. And um, you have um, Milton Smith, who does a lot of lead singing. He's the one that's singing on it. Um, I think the, the trombonist on that is uh, Jim McFalls, who's another great player. I think if you, at the end you hear a trombone solo coming. But that's, yeah. Okay, awesome. So here we have uh, Slipping Away. <laughs>
All right, man. So, you know, Lenny, tell us why it is that um, jazz musicians can pretty much play anything, can go in any direction. What is it about the discipline and about um, what it takes as far as expertise to become a jazz musician that makes um, makes them so versatile in music? Well, as I stated, I mean, I think I stated this earlier, is that, you know, the, the two art forms, um, if you're trying to have serious with chops, you would either pursue the classical music or you would take the jazz route. Um, because basically, it, you have either one of those routes, depending, depending on what you desire to do at the end, if, you know, the, your end game, is that mm. you're going to have a large vocabulary. Because with jazz, you, your your vocabulary, your musical vocabulary, in other words, when you, if you, when you look at a set of notes in your mind, you can just start making up, I can make a cake, I can make pie, I could make coffee, tea, I could, you know, you, you just see all these other things that you can do with it because jazz right. allows you to develop your, 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 your thoughts in terms of variations of something that you're looking at. So that's, that's why most jazz musicians um, have this extra sense of what to do. And what you'll find is that, like, a lot of the the former that I was taught, which was by Maurice White and, and that crew, is that, you know, you go find the jazz cats, is how he put it. You mm-hmm. find the jazz mm-hmm. cats that can groove. And then when right. you find the jazz cats that can groove, you can give them anything. It don't matter. They can play it. So that's the that's the formula that I try to use when I develop, you know, a band that I happen to be in, you know. And then sometimes when I go to play with other people, you know, I, I can take some of that with me because it allows me to play stuff that they want me to play that I may maybe not have really been into, for you know, for instance. But 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 it does allow you. It, it affords you that flexibility to be able to play various styles with a certain proficiency because jazz increases gives you a huge vocabulary vocabulary yeah absolutely and um you know you guys are committed to music um on a level that i mean almost every jazz musician i know that's really all they do they play music yeah and, yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing to me, you know, um, you know, so many starving artists are doing other things to be able to get by. But jazz musicians pretty much find another way to make money playing music, you know, and that's yeah, pretty man. much that's it. <laughs> you have your, you have, let me be honest with you, but you have your days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Days you're like, man, that job at McDonald's looking kind of good right now, you know, so I don't think that doesn't, that doesn't cross your mind a lot of times. <laughs> wow. Well, when yeah. you when you are able to um, do sessions, and is there a, a lot of recording work in this area for jazz Surprisingly, in the D.C. area, yeah, there is. There, there's, there's a lot of session work here. Um, There could be more, but, I mean, depending on, you know, the um, the, 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 the style of music that, you are known for, you know, like, like some, some, some of my friends are in the country market. So, you know, they, the country cat, they, the first call, second call country cats with guys that's right mm-hmm. to create the country. They call them for that. I have some other mm-hmm. friends of mine that are monster straight ahead players, you know, like the guy that played on um, Anastasia. So, you know, T- Tom Williams, he gets the first call, you know, he plays for the Smithsonian jazz band and all that. So, you know, it's, it's it's various stuff that that's going to happen, you know, um, 
with you know, in, the, in in the, in that genre. It's just it's just a lot of stuff that can happen for you. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, before you you go, and I know you got to head out and take a quick break, mm-hmm. but come back. Right. Um, tell us a little bit too about um, your local gigs, the one you have coming up, and um, if you guys have a Facebook page and your you know website or any of that information. Yeah, well, we just we use Facebook to market, you know, any any local stuff that we'll be doing. Um, we have a job with NWO is going to be playing at Bethesda Blues and Jazz on August the eighth. And I'm a plug for my other buddy, who's Michael Muse, who's going to be at Blues Alley on Monday, and that's the girl that I'm at now. But uh, yeah, my, you know, um, you know, we play locally here. We, we'll do uh, like uh, Bethesda Blues and Jazz, uh, Birchmere, Ramshead. You know, we're fortunate to be able to play those kind of rooms. You know? Okay, awesome. All right, well, yeah. we'll take us into um, Miss You and. Um, We'll give you a chance to check in with your rehearsal tonight. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, they, they're looking for me. Um, uh, Miss You is, is that's one of my favorites off of the CD. Uh, mm. It's it's a it's a song that re, that's about you know a relationship based song. And right, right. If, you, if you hear the words, we were able to. That was another song that was written um, by a, a great songwriter, and we were able to adapt that you know our, and do our version of it. Uh, Milton Smith, who does it, like I said, again, he does a lot of the lead vocals. He did a great job, and that's one of my favorite songs, you know, um, that we actually play. And we will be performing that song on Saturday, um, August the 8th, at Bethesda Blues and Jazz. So if everybody gets, somebody gets to come out, you know, you'll get a chance to hear us do that live. Okay. And do you have a CD out now? Um, the CD, A lot of that stuff that you're hearing is coming from a CD that we produced off of our group that was called Crush. NWO right. is sort of the evolution um, mm-hmm. from that. But the Crush CD is, um, you can find that on iTunes, Amazon. It's there. It's, it's located at those, um, those stores. You can buy it in at iTunes and you can get, you know, the tracks at, um, at Amazon. I didn't do CD Baby with that one, but we do have it on Amazon and have it on uh, iTunes. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and listen to um, Miss You, and we'll hear back from you in a minute. Yeah, I'm going to go check in with the guys where they shoot me. All right, here it is. Miss you on Turn It Up. All right, thank you. i 
tracks on this um, CD I'm sure that we could have used as well and if uh, you could send them to me later maybe we can use that as some fill-in we had some technical difficulties earlier in the show yeah, but um, yeah I can do that yeah sure yeah yeah that'll be great man um, and you know uh, I, I know you got a rehearsal and I don't want to hold you up and, oh no um, we wrapped it up so I'm good, I'm good. I mean we, I'm just down there packing my stuff up there they, 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 they gave me the get out of free jail get out of jail free card you know <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, you got the um, gig coming up, and um, that's coming up next Saturday, or is that next Friday? No, it's actually next Saturday. It's uh, August yeah. 8th, next Saturday. And I've never been to this venue. Tell us a little bit about this spot. Man, but there's the blues and jazz. All I can say is eight million dollar really? renovation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was a there was a theater there in downtown Bethesda. Oh and okay. they did yeah, they did an eight million dollar renovation to it and you just gotta come and see it. I mean, it's probably one of the best sound houses in the area, you know, for it's not a it's not a super large, it's it's a five hundred seater. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's super large. But for that size of a venue, the, the, it's love to play there. It's one of those houses that you just love to go in, you know. Wow. The Howard wow. Theater is another one that, I, that we love to play at, at the Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you're a Howard alumni as well, aren't you? Yeah, I went to Howard. Yeah. I, I, well, let me just say this. I didn't, I didn't graduate because I went on the road with a band. Doctor, the doctor, the professor was like, you coming back? I'm like, yeah, I'll be back by <laughs> I never went back, but uh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but uh, but I but I but, but I'm not I, unique um, at all. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I didn't go back. But it's like, man, you you didn't come back. No, man, I, I meant to, but I didn't. So you know, something happened on the way to the you know the return trip. I kept wow. picking up gigs. So I kept working, but um, wow, wow, man, but, but look, uh, man, we are almost out of time, man. Believe it or not, wow, man. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to hear that. I'm enjoying it, Michael. And let me just say, man, it was a great thing for me to meet you at an event where you saw us playing because that's such an oddball thing to happen. Oh yeah. I mean that you would that you would be there. We would be there at the same time doing that, you know, because she could have selected some other people to do it, you know. So. Oh, I, I see. For that, yes, yeah. Wow. Well, look, man, I got to close it out, man. Special thanks to our producer. And our associate producer, Dante Holton. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. <laughs>